Alrighty, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Dementia in Black and White. I am your host, Mr. Matthew Johnson. Thank you for tuning in this week as we try to just really take a journey one step at a time. That the journey of a caregiver caring for someone with dementia. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, so on this week's episode, I want to talk about that river in Egypt, denial. And just go back to my own story of finding out there was something wrong in terms of recognizing those early symptoms in my mother. And it was really, as I look back on it now, a serious case of denial. And that went on for years, really, um, because the signs were there. And, you know, in the black community, of course, there's this thing, um, I think, stigma that exists about going to the doctor. And it may not just be in the black community, but I know it's in my family. Uh, my mother, even when she was well, was not a big go to the doctor every year or every six months, whatever is necessary by traditional standards that got passed on to me. I don't know about my brothers. I think my brothers actually... One brother does go uh, pretty regularly to the doctor. Don't know about my other brother. I think he's like me. He doesn't go that much either. But so there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, a regular physician checking her out, running tested, making any determinations. It was more just what I saw. So she lived in the town with me. We were living in Indianapolis at the time. And, you know, I moved around, but I was probably no more than 15 minutes away from her at any given time. And sometimes I lived closer than that. But what was clear when it became clear, well, before it was clear, just now going back to seeing signs of her becoming withdrawn Sitting, you know, being in the house most of the time, lights out, you know, watching television, essentially in some cases the television watching her, dark room darkening blind so that it would be completely dark in the house. That went on for years. And now that has a name, sundowning, where essentially the person's nights become the person's days. That is a symptom of dementia or Alzheimer's that was very evident with her. And I'm going back now probably seven years or so, but getting, and I didn't put that together with any type of dementia, by the way, but about four years ago, maybe um, she would, you know, of course she's independent. She's living by herself. She goes to church, goes to the grocery store, goes to the gas station and drives herself there. Uh, but she called me to say she was lost, you know, just driving, going to get cigarettes from a gas station that was less than one mile from her house. 
and she was about um, six miles from our house, um, you know, based on <clears throat> had cell phones. So she would call me from the cell phone and I was able to direct her back through the cell phone, just kind of having her tell me what landmarks she was at. And, you know, I was like, oh, you were all the way over here. You were intending to go there. And I was able to stay on the phone with her and, you know, guide her back through the phone. Um, then, you know, fast forward from there, maybe a couple of months, same thing. Uh, this time she got a little more panicked, you could tell. And I kind of got a sense of where she was again from landmarks. And then I just went to where she was and, and my car I was driving my car alone. So I had her follow me in her car, which, you know, now at this point, I'm very concerned. No, obviously there's something wrong, but did not take the keys from her. Just was like, yeah, that's mom. She's strong, raised three kids by herself. She can handle it. She'll bounce back, whatever. Denial. But what made it painfully clear and uh, no longer being able to look at the denial was maybe a month or two from that, getting a call from a police department that was 45 minutes away from my town. And that police officer saying, we have your mother in the back of an ambulance and she is refusing to let us take her to the hospital. Now, of course I'm panicked. I can hear her in the background saying, what's wrong? Why are you all holding me? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just trying to, you know, talk to the police officer as much as I can. Where is she? What was going on? Turns out she was driving 20 in a 55 mile, you know, one of these kind of two lane country road type situations, way, way off the beaten path again, trying to go one mile and was 45 minutes away from home. And so I got a ride to go there to pick her up, begged the police officers not to do anything. Turns out, I guess they couldn't because she was in her right mind enough to refuse the service of the ambulance. And with that, they could not take her against her will. So when I got there, she was still in the back of the ambulance and ambulance, you know, people, um, I guess had her sign something saying that that was okay or had me sign something. I don't remember exactly. Um, but that was it. Of course I could not be in denial anymore, at least not in denial to the point where I could not act. And at that point I took the keys from her and that was not at all an easy task. I'm talking about it as if it was just a boom, bam, bip and it was done. She of course, completely twisted everything that happened, made up some story about how she was driving and other people were, you know, in the wrong and, you know, some accident she described, but that didn't really happen. Um, yeah. And so she just couldn't understand why I would 
want to take the keys and, of course, you know, try to maintain her normal comings and goings in terms of making sure she had groceries, taking her to the grocery store, taking her to church and you know, going to church myself, that church, her church, which was not my church and not a church that I enjoyed that well. But, um, you know, I was the only uh, child of hers living in town, so that was on me to do. And I did it rather than having her drive. Um, but you know, the challenges with that were many, uh, one of which so I took the set of keys that I knew she had. Turns out she had a second set of keys and um, tried to drive again. Cause I, you know, I took the keys, but I did not take the car from her. Um, so the car was still in her garage. And I ended up having to take the battery out of the car, disconnect the battery in the car so that it would be disabled after I took the second set of keys in case she had another set, which I think she did, actually. Uh, I mean, it was just something else. And then I did ultimately take the car because it was sitting for months. And, of course, you know, car sitting for months is no good. And she would go back and forth about when you're going to bring my car back. And so in either case, after that, it was maybe, you know, still a year, maybe seven, eight months, a year before I got her into a doctor to do the memory test and all of that. And that was confirmed that there was some definite memory loss. I think on the 30 point scale, she uh, forget what you need to pass that test, 20, 21, I don't know. But she got 16 or 17, failed it, essentially, in terms of that test where they ask you some questions and then talk about some other stuff and come back and ask you to name those things and all of that, that memory, mini memory test. And I think this was a full one, not the, not the mini one. But in terms of our vitals, everything else tested okay, but it was just the memory was done. And so they recommended it. Uh, she needed 24-hour care or something close to it. I don't even remember exactly. But again, denial. Denial I was. And maybe it was more about me and my life at the time. I was thinking, I can't stop my life right now and take care of my mother 24 hours. So she's strong enough to take care of herself and live by herself. And so though I checked on her more, I still didn't see her as needing and requiring the 24-hour care. I would just, you know, try to check on her off and make sure she had food and all of that. But even then, going by and checking on her, you know, that same thing about being in the dark, watching NCIS, having these fanciful tales about people, you know, trying to steal things from her and calling, you know, she would say she called the police and the police chief would come and arrest the neighbor and all this just, you know, and again, at this time, I didn't realize all of that was tied to the dementia. All of that was really tied to what she was taking in, as I turned out, watching NCIS. And though it's on television and not rated R or whatever, they show enough guts and blood and the storylines are enough to, if that's what you're watching on a loop, the marathon every day and your mind is not separating reality from fiction. That's your life. And that was her life. And it was because of the dementia. And this is not at the time that I realized that 
but looking back on it, I realized that. And so now today, the things that when she watches television, which is now limited, not 24 hours in it every day, all day, but it's funny, it's family, it's uplifting. Try to do it without commercials so that these things that are advertising and all that, which, you know, can just trigger things in a person with dementia, all became clearer to me as to what was going on and what the need was at that time. And then also visiting and the TV not being on. So she would literally just be sitting in the dark when I got there because the TV, I guess, maybe was on a timer or something, you know, it shuts off due to inactivity. And by the way, I used to get calls about, you know, my TV's not working and it would be something like that. And I could talk her through it usually, or sometimes I have to stop by the house and get the TV on. It'd be something real simple. But the fact that she was forgetting how to operate the TV, all signs, all clear signs that something was wrong and that she needed full-time care. But that went on for another year before I, you know, moved her and, and, and brought her in with me. But it just, I wanted to share that because I know there's somebody out there who's probably going through the same thing, who is probably seeing the signs, who is probably not wanting to admit that it's time. And if you were like me, it's past time. And I was fortunate that she didn't harm herself. She didn't harm anyone else. But who knows if there were some early intervention, if there could have been something done years earlier to slow down the disease, if I wasn't in denial about it. I don't know. I'm not going to beat myself up about that going to take advantage of this time that I have now to spend more time with her and do whatever I can at this point, but perhaps my story can be some assistance for some of you out there who are seeing the signs, seeing some little things, and if your loved one is not the type to want to get checked out, you might want to do that just to make sure, and certainly if the person has to take medication, if they can't remember how to operate a remote control or the thermostat, they won't remember to take the medication necessarily. And so then we're talking about some health concerns. Fortunately, my mother is not was not on any medication, so that wasn't her issue, but certainly I would imagine her eating was not a balanced, nutritious meal every day. So that's all I want to talk about today, denial. It is not just a river in Egypt, but rather it is something that we all go through. And if we're not careful, we could end up not acting as soon as we could. So pay attention to the signs. Come back next week and we'll talk a little bit more about this journey 
being a caregiver for someone with dementia. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dementia in Black and White. Until next time, take care of your loved one. Yes, but also please take care of yourself because your health, mental and physical, very important.